0: Well, brave women are hard to come across these days, but the team, the women's swim team over at Roanoke College definitely falls into that category. They were refusing to be silenced and they are doing their part in the quest to keep biological men out of women's sports. Outkick the Morning starts right now. Okay, everybody. Hello. Good morning. How are all of you? Happy Friday. This is Outkick the Morning. I'm Charlie Arnold. And as you can see, I, well, I don't, I don't know if you can tell, maybe it's too early for anyone to tell because you're all still half asleep, but my show from my regular location, i mean, the UFC fight night tomorrow, a few hours after I wrap up with this is the UFC. So I'm super excited uh, because we have a lot to get in. another stepping stone in the fight to keep talking about for such a long time now, but there is the women's swim team They were all forced this past season. used to compete on the men's team, but thankfully, this trans swimmer did withdraw from the team. But still, can you imagine what this season was like for these past women? So I want you to take a listen to what these brave captains and the rest of their team had to say at yesterday's news conference.
1: I questioned my purpose for swimming, a sport that I've competed in for 15 years now. The reason why I spent all that time in the water became unclear. Why would I even try to swim if I was going to have to race
0: against a biological man? Where was our right to be considered? Where was our right to be seen as valuable? And most importantly, where was our right to compete fairly? Our school
1: is prioritizing one individual swimmer, over 17 women, whose only request was fairness.
0: So that's what I'm saying. I think that's such a good point that that swimmer just made at the very end. Why is the team going to such great lengths to protect one person When there are 17 female swimmers on this team who have been working so hard for so long to get to where they are right now, and yet their feelings aren't considered, Uh, the idea that their success is less important than that of the trans swimmer, uh, none of it makes sense to me. And listen, we will never, well, we might at some point know, at this point, we do not know the trans swimmer's name that has not been released but here's the one thing that we do know, and I, I think this is not going to come as a surprise to anybody, is that this trans swimmer, as a male, when competing, finished ninth in the 500 freestyle in the conference, which is Division three, So the competition is, is far less than you would get at a Division one school. Uh, they're in the Old Dominion Athletic Conference and also eighth in the 100 fly. Now, I don't know too much about the Dominion Athletic Conference, but I have to imagine it's not like the most competitive conference in the world. And uh, here's what I think. I think this this athlete, this biological man, they thought this was a loophole, as many of these trans athletes do, to say, okay, well, I'm finishing eighth and ninth in my respective uh, competitions. And here's an idea. Maybe if I pretend... Like I have a mental illness, and that it's only right for me to transition to a female, then I can compete in the women's category, and huh, maybe I find more success there. Have we heard that one before? I think we have. Uh, in in on that note, uh, because there's somebody who has lived this experience firsthand someone who knows exactly what it feels like to be in the same position as these 17 swimmers at Roanoke college, Uh, someone who actually personally had to swim against on the same team, at least not against, but uh, share a, a locker room, share a team with Leah Thomas, uh, who I feel like was the first name in this category that really started breaking ground uh, and garnering awareness towards what's happening here. And, And now there is this huge fight to save women's sports. Let's bring in none other than Leah Thomas's former teammate, Paula Scanlon, who also was at this news conference yesterday. Um, Okay, Paula, there's just so much madness as it surrounds all of this. Uh, It infuriates me to even talk about it because I feel like it's a non discussion. Uh, You're a man. It's there completely women. insane. There I mean, I, I have
1: this moment. I was it was in Wisconsin earlier this week, and I had this moment where I was listening to these representatives basically saying, the science says that men and women aren't different. And I was like, did anybody, like, think this through? And, like, maybe have we lost control here? Has everyone, like, is everyone Okay. Uh, it's completely ridiculous that we're doing it. It's also ridiculous that I'm even here able to do this full time. Like there's even a need for me to talk on your show. Right. Like there's hours that you're screening this topic on your show and you could be covering so many other things. It's it's insane.
0: Okay. So and it does feel like deja vu all over again, because the situation obviously being compared to the same one that you had to endure uh, at UPenn on the same swim team as Leah Thomas. Uh, but... It's interesting because obviously we think it's crazy, Uh, initial thoughts, exactly what I thought they would be. But the fact that these girls, the swim team, all together, cohesively, were able to say, you know, we don't think this is right. And they all, from the beginning, amongst themselves, came to the conclusion that they did not agree with this decision to let a trans swimmer on their team. One, I feel like that's important because I think in the examples we've seen in the past, from the very beginning you have teams who can't get on the same page not because necessarily they aren't on the same page but a lot of the women haven't felt comfortable admitting to the rest of their teammates that this is something that they find incredibly absurd and unjust uh and then also fast forward to now yesterday's news conference which you were at that they all felt comfortable to publicly now speak about it and tell the world that they felt all along that this was incredibly hurtful incredibly traumatic and i feel like i don't know is this type of bravery telling you something about where we're at in this debate
1: yeah no it was insane to see them all do that um they're wonderful girls i mean when i first heard about the story and someone told me everyone's on the same page they're all going to speak about it i was shocked because the same thing happened on my team. And again, I'm the only one who's really speaking about this publicly on my team. Like we did not come to a consensus, even though 85% of us agreed that it was wrong. Um, And I, I think it's a huge step. I think they're going to lead the way for other teams to point to Roanoke College and say, OK, the girls in the Roanoke College swim team were able to do this. We can do it, too. They're incredibly brave. I mean, they. They really put themselves out there. All of them are amazing speakers. I can't even imagine what it's like to be 19 years old and just go up there and and speak at a presser. Um, I think it's it's going to inspire other teams. I'm hoping it'll make change, and particularly in the state of Virginia, there's no legislation right now for women's sports being protected. They tried to introduce something, but it was shot down by legislators that said, this isn't actually happening in our state. We're not going to do something about it. So now that it's happened, I'm hoping it'll put pressure on that the state of Virginia to to take action.
0: Do you see any consequences coming as a result of this? I know that a lot of these girls are at different stages in their collegiate careers. You know, some are on the younger end of the spectrum, others are seniors. Do you feel like this is going to affect the opportunities they have going forward? You know, in a few different circumstances. I mean, hypothetically, one wants to transfer to another school and swim. Uh the ones that are graduating, obviously going after different types of jobs where you have different types of employers with different types of agendas. Do you see this affecting them now that they've come out so publicly and spoken out against transgendered athletes? I definitely do see those risks, but I think for sure more people are on the side that this is the right thing. At
1: least in my personal experience, there's a lot of people in my life that I thought might not agree with me doing this and they're completely on our side. Additionally, it's the entire team that came through and and said what they said that's a whole group, you know? It's not like your one name is being highlighted somewhere. It's the entire team and you. And if anyone ever asks you about it, you can say, I stood beside my teammates and did the right thing. Yeah. Um, and I'm, I'm hoping that these girls will not have any trouble in the future with anything that they they wish to do. And, and I don't think that they will. They all are incredibly strong, incredibly brave, incredibly hardworking. They're going to be fine wherever they go. And I think if anything, having the strength and courage is gonna help them in life. They are going to be able to be more confident in finding a job because they've shown their strength. Um, And I think more than anything, this is a positive thing for women to come out and say this is not right and speak their mind because this really shouldn't be controversial. I'm sorry. Is it so crazy to say that
0: if you have a woman's team, you don't want a man on it? It's it's not crazy at all. And I just I take myself back to the place because I played sports. I didn't I didn't play in college, but I, I played all through high school and I was a very competitive competitive Athlete in the in the sports that I did play, and this was never a thought. I mean, I think if you would have told me this when I was in high school, I would have just laughed and be like, "Oh, that's funny," you know, kind of, you know, the same way I used to laugh at. I mean, I'm sorry, guys that would join the the cheerleading squad, like not even as transgenders, just as guys. And I was always like, you know, oh, there's the there's the male cheerleader, you know. It's just we're in such a different place, but I just I know that I would have been so outspoken about it. And I probably, I mean, probably similar to you and Riley Gaines. Um, although I don't know that I would have been so nice about it, um, uh, from the beginning, I feel like you guys carry yourself in such a respectable manner and, you know, you carry yourself in a, as politically correct way as you can in the most in politically correct debate. Uh, was there anything that you noticed yesterday in that news conference that stood out to you, other than the fact that these women were speaking uh, so openly and truthfully, was there anything like an emotion in the room that you just felt that you're like, okay, something's happening here or reception from the audience or the media?
1: Yeah. So I noticed interestingly that there was a lot more media and previously only really right-wing commentators have covered this, but because we've made this discussion such a huge issue Left wing media that was trying to just ignore this problem is no longer able to do that. So I did I did pick up that there was a lot of reporters there who were on the left side of the aisle, which I thought was very fascinating. I mean, I, I talked to a few of them. I mean, granted, their questions weren't really, you know, good and actually turning the dial and they weren't really like curious in what I actually had to say. But they were still there because they had to be there because this is such a big issue that they need to cover it. And so I think that's really showing where we are as a society. This issue is turning. Additionally, the, the girls' parents were all there and they made some statements too. And that was so great to see. And they they came from all over to support their girls. And that really shows like how amazing all of this is and how having supportive families help. This is really a group effort. You don't have to be just the girls in the team to take a stance on this. It it's comes to everyone. It's your family. It's your parents. It's everyone in in your life. If we all stand together, we we will win on this issue.
0: Yeah. And I think people just really need to closely examine what's going on here because you're not seeing top tier athletes making this transition. You're seeing bottom of the barrel, mediocre at best, male athletes who are making the decision to transition to a woman and then play in women's sports. And then that's where they find all of the success because now their level of competition has gone so much lower, has gotten so much lower, and that's not a knock on women. It's just we can all be very open and transparent about what it is. It's it's biology, it's science. Women are just not built the same way as men from so many different perspectives, and I wish that people would understand that to the point where they start protecting women just as much as they protect the minority, which is, you know, these these few trans athletes now who are trying to make the transition. So um, Paula, I'm so happy that you joined us. Uh, keep fighting the good fight. And I know that unfortunately we're gonna have more of this to get into at another date later in time. I, I know this won't be the last, but at least, like you said, we're seeing some type of shift in the tide, some type of shift in mentality. Uh, definitely an uptick in bravery and courage that these women are able to experience and uh able to. Get out there and tell everyone what they think, rather than sitting behind and feeling like they have to be silenced. This is awesome.
1: Yeah, it's been great. Thank you so much for having me. All right, we'll see you soon.
2: Outkick the morning. We'll be right back after a short break. Stay tuned. This episode is brought to you by Hyperice, the leader in advanced warm-up and recovery technology. Okay,
0: everybody, uh, before we move on to the next story, I have a very important message for all of you. Okay, so for those of you who watch us on YouTube, starting on Monday, you will no longer find us live on YouTube, but don't fret, our content will still be found on the OutKick website, also on YouTube. Okay, no, hold on, I'm sorry. It'll be found on OutKick. No, 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 no. (laughs) Sorry, everybody. Don't don't let me confuse you. You will still be able to find content on youtube.com slash outkick. Uh, you just have to go to the videos tab. And the only thing here is you will have to subscribe. So right now, push that subscribe button. Do not wait. Push it right now. Uh, because then you're going to get an alert when our show is ready to be viewed on demand. So hit like and subscribe now. And then for YouTube live show watchers, only the rest of you, Uh, who tend to watch us on other platforms, this doesn't concern you at all. You'll still be able to see us live every day on Twitter, also on the OutKick.com site. Uh, And you can still get our show live every weekday, Monday through Friday. Uh, But this is just for the YouTube people out there, which I'm a YouTube person, uh, in fact. So uh, we are in the same boat. All you have to do from now on, if you want to get the content, you have to go to the video tab starting on Monday to get the content, not the live tab. So there's that. Let that soak into your brain. Don't forget, otherwise you're going to miss all of the incredible things that I have to say on a daily basis, uh, because we know that they never stop. Anyways, uh, let's get into my next story. Okay, Uh, on December 9th, which is just a little more than, I guess, two months away from at this point, we have a big college game, potentially in some people's minds, the biggest college rivalry game, depending who your allegiances align with. Uh, But this is the Army-Navy game. All right, this year, they are playing at Gillette Stadium, which we know is the Patriots' home field in Foxborough. Uh, So people gearing up for this big rivalry game. They want to get their hotel rooms in order. They've made plans far in advance, as many responsible people would. Uh, But here's the thing, and let's be honest about who attends the game, mostly military members, veterans, I mean, people who served our country, people who we have nothing but respect for. But there's these people, the families of the teams, you know, who fall into that category, also just fans who are military members and veterans. The problem here is although they made their plans way far in advance, they no longer have hotel rooms. Okay, so what's being happened is that their hotel rooms are being canceled to make room for illegals. Uh, you've got to be kidding me. The men and the women who have served this country, they're being displaced by the people you see on your screen that do not even belong in this country. And it gets even worse because you would think that the hotels would have a little bit of pushback, right? Because this is obviously a government mandated move, or at least request. Uh, But the URI hotel group, or Geary Hotel Group, responsible for the cancellation of at least 70 rooms so far, which I have to imagine there will be more as the migrant crisis goes more and more absurd and insane by the day. They put up a statement saying, quote, we are delighted to confirm we are indeed taking refugees at our hotel. And this was a statement put out by Claire Mulholland, who was the vice president of marketing. Okay. If you're going to put a statement out, just say, unfortunately, due to unforeseen circumstances, because I I don't think anyone foresaw that our country was going to be overrun by illegal immigrants. I sure didn't. Uh, They could have at least said, listen, we're so sorry. Due to unforeseen circumstances, we have had to take our hotel and turn it into a shelter for people that don't belong in this country. I mean, I'm being a little facetious here, but they could have something along those lines. Uh, Instead of saying we are... We are pleased and delighted. Uh, That just makes no sense to me. Uh, But I think that this furthermore just exposes our liberal government's priorities. They clearly care more about illegal immigrants than our service members who sacrifice everything for our country's freedom. And it goes a step further than that, because I say just it's not even just about our service members that they're neglecting. Our government truly doesn't care about any of us. I think that's been made very clear. They are purposely trying to destroy this country with illegals, uh, as we know, who are coming in. Lots of them criminals. They are smuggling in tons of drugs, specifically fentanyl, which has turned to a full blown epidemic, as we already know. It's a it's a full blown crisis. Uh, countless deaths happening because of fentanyl on a daily, weekly, monthly basis. Crime is on the rise in every single liberal city, uh, which includes in Boston. Uh, as we know, there was also a two week manhunt not so long ago for a Brazilian illegal who was here. So we dedicated so many resources for two weeks to try to track down someone that doesn't even belong in this country. <laughs> so uh, there, there's something to be said about that. And, and furthermore, we have a spiraling economy. It's only getting worse in your tax dollars or the ones that are paying for all of these illegal immigrants to be here. But the government still welcomes them all in. They say, "Come on in. Go where you want. Do with what you want. Here's some cash. Oh, here's a cell phone. Oh, you want to stay in a luxury hotel room in New York City? Oh, you want to stay in a nice hotel room in the Greater Boston area? No problem. We have planes. We have buses. Just tell us what you want. We'll take you there. Uh, it's 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 insane. And when I talk about the tax dollars and really how much this is truly costing our country, uh, I can't I can't speak to the Greater Boston area right now because I don't think those numbers have been released. But at least Mayor Adams, Eric Adams in New York City, has said the migrant crisis is expected to cost taxpayers twelve billion dollars by July first, two thousand twenty-five. Twelve billion dollars. Do you know how much money that is, and how many, how many resources that we actually need in this country that could go towards helping? Uh, but instead, we are putting it all towards the migrant crisis. And uh, we're neglecting the people that actually could be worthy of our taxpayer dollars, veterans, uh, a great example there. Uh, But something that occurred to me when I heard this story, because I already know that I've heard it taking place in New York, is one of the reasons these hotels are falling in line with these government mandates and aren't pushing back against the migrant crisis as much as you would believe that they would is because these hotels are getting premium dollars for these hotel rooms. Uh, and they're getting it every night because obviously, as we know, there's not always a high demand Monday through Friday weekends uh in every area uh for hotel rooms, but because there's this crisis where now these people are not just renting a room for a night or two, they're actually living in these hotel rooms hotels are making out like bandits they are making so much money uh because typically uh you know what you would pay for a hotel room, they're getting that plus more uh and it's 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 guaranteed money. So I don't un- understand why the, the hotels would say no. I also have to imagine that maybe, and I haven't heard anything about this, but it, it just was something that registered in my brain. Maybe it's not even a choice by these hotel rooms, right? these hotels, because there could be the possibility that maybe the government saying you have to do this or else. I'm not really sure, but I would imagine that the Uh, hotels feel like they're caught between a rock and a hard place and don't really have too much of an option to make that decision on their own. Um, Okay. But now there's someone I want to bring in who I know is going to be fired up about this as well, because he himself, a former Marine, uh, my good buddy, Dave Ross, who is just down the street from me in Vegas. I don't know about just down the street, Dave, but you're in Vegas and I'm in Vegas. It's like, we're so close, but so far.
2: Charlie, first of all, are you awake? I, I know the East Coast, West Coast yeah. thing, this has got to be tough on you. It, I'm it's not awake. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. It's great to have you in Vegas. Can't wait to see, you, you know, I'll be uh, watching UFC when I'm doing my shows this weekend too. Uh, but, you know, on this topic specifically, Charlie, it is, for me personally, my parents ran a motel uh, in uh, Virginia Beach growing up. Okay. And they did this for 10, 15 years. And towards the end of it, they wanted to do something altruistic and they stopped taking in regular residents, right? And they turned it over into what they called the Oasis for people that were getting out of prison and they wanted to try to help them in their next stages of life to rehabilitate themselves. So you turned into a nonprofit. So if these hotels wanna do this in the greater Boston area or whatever, you can do that, but you have to become a nonprofit to do so. But you nailed it on the head. I feel like they're still getting profit for this, by displacing the veterans, and what's better than having maybe a monthly or who knows, a yearly tenant versus somebody in from out of town for the Army-Navy game. So you always have to follow the money trail, and I'm with you. I'm a bit skeptical, and the red flag went up when I saw what they sent out. It wasn't, oh, we feel terrible about the veterans that we're putting out. We're gonna help them, Charlie, Get a hotel because we know that this, these are relatives. These might be their sons that are playing in this game. It's it's such a spotlight game that we put on. It's a reason why there's no other games normally going on the day of the Army Navy game. It has nothing to do with football. It has to do with really tipping our cap to the servicemen that we know are going to give four years of their lives once that game is done and they graduate for our country. And now those same people, the hotel, the proprietors, who say, "Yeah, yeah, we'll take your money. Come on in. We got y'all set." They don't even say, "Let's help you get another hotel." It's not that hard for people in the hotel industry to try to rebook somewhere else, even if it's a little bit further away. They did none of that. They did. They just said, "We're doing. Look what we're doing. Look at how good we are." The virtual signal, virtue signal of, "We're going to do the right thing by these people, but let's forget the people that we're wronging in this process."
0: Yeah, I just don't feel like there was a. I I just I I just my gut tells me that there wasn't a choice. It tells. I, I think that there was probably whoever the governor, you know, the, the politicians in the area who who are handling this crisis. I don't really know how that works exactly. Had said, hey, listen, we need your hotel, and you know, this is a, you know, I, I, I don't know. I don't. I don't want to say it was a demand, but we need your hotel, and we need it now and you're going to give it to us and but hey just just so you know to so feel better about it we're going to pay you more money than you normally would charge for a night and you're going to have these as as constant guests and i don't know how it works in hotels cuz obviously when i visit a hotel i get i get my room cleaned every day i get all the amenities i have to imagine they're not going to those same lengths when you have the migrant in the hotel so probably this also helps them to cut costs in certain areas as well.
2: Well, I'll say this: I, I, w- researching the story, I was kind of shocked because I thought it would be exactly that, Charlie. This would be pressure from the Democratic governor in Massachusetts. But Mara Healy, she seemed to be surprised too, and she made the point that this was the hotel's decision, and she made it sound like, oh, I'm I didn't realize that these veterans are being displaced by this. If you have issues, call the VA, we'll try to work this out. If that's all up on the up and up, it sounds like the hotel themselves wanted to say, look what we're doing, look how good we are by booting out these people and taking in these people. So I don't know that it was coercion there from the government, because my first thought was exactly that. Yeah. This has gotta be, this has gotta be, look at how good we are in our state. And so if we gotta displace some veterans along the way, so be it. We've had a bizarre relationship with veterans historically in our country. You know, like I can go back to when I was serving and I was overseas, we used to do some gallows humor and dark comedy of what it was gonna be like when we got back as veterans. Like they're gonna call, up, uh, call us baby killers and throw tomatoes at us because that's all, all we knew from Vietnam, Charlie. That's the way we thought it would be. Now luckily for us, when we got back, it was not that case, but we do. We, we always seem to say, you know, veterans, we can just kind of, you'll deal with it. And veterans, for the most part, stiff upper lip, they're probably going to say, okay, we're not going to complain about it. We'll figure it out, but we'll remember this. And maybe we'll remember back for a Patriots game or other reasons. We won't stay at your hotel anymore, even if you have vacancies and this problem has been long since gone by that point. We don't forget, but we normally just go, all right, we'll figure out another way if this is the way you really want to treat
0: us. Yeah, it just, it just sucks though, because you have all of these people who already made plans in advance, December 9th is, is not that far away. And no. when you're traveling in from out of town and you know, now it's at the point probably where what I do is that when I know I'm going somewhere, I book in advance so that the prices are lower. Now they're going to have to, if, if they still are able to go, they're going to probably have to pay, pay a much higher price for a hotel room. And it just, it's just, It's just really unfortunate. You know, I don't think no matter what the situation is, like whether this is the the migrant crisis, I don't care if veterans, normal people, whatever it is, the migrant crisis shouldn't be displacing all these different types of people. And they shouldn't be turning landmark hotels like here in New York City into nothing but shelters. I mean, it's just gotten to the point where it's absolutely ridiculous. And I I, I just I know it's going to get so much worse because they're coming in by the Truckloads every day. That people are just walking across the border. Like, I'm here. (laughs) Where should I go? I mean, and
2: where's my free hotel room?
0: (laughs) Yeah, exactly. And 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 that's what they're given. And it's 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 just crazy because also we did a story yesterday about how nearly half of young adults are living at home right now with their parents because they can't afford to get their own places because the economy is so bad. So meanwhile, you have all these people that have done everything right. They've yeah. Gone to college. They've gotten jobs and, and they can't afford to move out of the house. Yet we have illegals coming in. And they're just granted all of these amazing benefits.
2: Look, I look at it, too. And you nail it on the head in the intro with Mayor Adams in New York City. Like, think about this. You got a Democratic mayor there and you have one in Chicago, too, who's also going to the border. I know that Mayor Adams is at the border now. And this all stems from that. And now the repercussions are being felt in Foxborough, as we're talking about. And Mayor Adams is saying, We can't like help us, like federal government help us. We can't deal with this anymore from a guy that they said, Oh, we're a sanctuary city, bring us every and then when they get there, they go, No, oh, no, no. Now we understand what Texas is going through. This is not a Texas problem. This is the United States of America problem. And I hope that when you have Democratic mayors like Adams and in Chicago, when their citizenry are up in arms. You're seeing it in Chicago. I lived there for eight years. They are irate and they're going, what did we vote for? Why do we keep voting Democrat here in these cities? I wonder if the tide's gonna start turning and you see what Biden's doing now with the border wall in Mexico. I I didn't wanna do it, but they're forcing us to do it. They realize politically, this is a dead end for them. And you're starting to see those effects in Chicago, in New York, and now even in Massachusetts. At some point, the people are gonna say enough is enough. We are here, help us out before you displace everybody and give them yeah. what we have, which might not be a lot in a lot of these cities.
0: Well, I love that Adams is in Mexico right now, or he was yeah. in Mexico. It's like, I wonder what he's saying. Like, hey, guys, like, hey, please just stop hope- stop coming. Just don't bring the <laughs> drugs. Like, what, what the hell are you saying out there? Um, okay, let's move on to fights in football, uh, because this is a different, different fight we're witnessing mm-hmm. here. Uh, and, and I love, cause it's not just the men anymore. Like the women's are starting to scrap. The women are starting to scrap in, in that. Uh, I won't say it makes me happy, but like, you know, it's nice to see some policy women out there these days. <laughs> <laughs> um, um, but obviously the, the, the problem with growing violence, I mean, some of these fights are more extreme than others. Uh, yeah. But I think there have been like at least seven reported fights in the last few weeks. Uh, why is this something that the franchises need to address or because when this story first generally uh, was presented to me, I was like, people fight at games all the time. I mean, at least from, from what I've experienced. I've, you know, I've always seen fights in the parking lots, at the tailgates, going into the stadium. So it didn't really strike me as anything so severe. But I guess now we just keep seeing so many more fights. But I also wonder, are we seeing more fights or are people just capturing more fights on their cameras and then putting it on social media?
2: I think it's both, Charlie. I I think we are seeing more fights, and it's being captured on social media. And the fight you're referencing there in L.A. uh, with the women, it 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 seemed like one woman was standing up, obstructing the view of others, because you can hear it in the people, because everybody just gets their phone out now, and they record, right? So this is something that builds up. And they're like, ah, sit down, just sit down. And then all of a sudden, the woman doesn't sit down turns around, she gets cold cocked a couple of times and you're like, whoa. So then you've got people that did not want to be in a fight having to intervene to be in a fight. And I think that's the bigger problem here. Look, you and I love MMA and you know, I, I don't mind if people want to sell their differences as long as nobody else. I, I really don't have a problem with that. But when you go to a public place like this, and you got 60, 70, 80,000 people there. And all of a sudden, people that have no desire to get in any sort of altercation are now find themselves in the middle of it, they don't know what to do. Because it feels like today's society, we're conditioned now to just let it go. Because if you get involved, and then all of a sudden I see you on that camera, maybe we press charges against you. That's the way it seems to go now. So nobody really wants to get involved until they don't don't have a choice to be involved. So you see all these other people. And we talked about it last week, too. I do feel like alcohol still does play a oh, big role in the majority of, of these. Of course rides.
0: it does. If, if there wasn't alcohol served at stadiums, well, first of all, the games would be a whole lot more <laughs> boring, especially depending Warm. on what you're watching. Um, but yeah, no, alcohol always plays a role. I I would venture to say that, I mean, I'm not gonna say all of them just because, you know, I'm sure, uh, who knows? 95% of the people involved in these fights are, are drinking.
2: Absolutely. So- and, and- um, Yeah, I look at it, Charlie, too, and I go, you know, we were just talking about Foxborough in Gillette Stadium. You know, they're going to play a game Sunday, New England against the Saints. It's the first game they're going to have since somebody died in the stadium two weeks ago. Like, like That's what blows my mind, Charlie, that if this story had happened, even when you and I worked together in, what, late 2000s, that would be like a story that would have legs for weeks, months. And now it feels like the news cycle runs out on it. We're so conditioned to seeing this each and every week. People go, Yep, that happens. Like that can't be the mentality of yeah. yep, the only thing. Is,
0: the only thing is, though, is they did prove from his autopsy that he did not die from getting hit in the fight. He like, I, he I don't know. Ultimately, maybe he had something already wrong with him or he hit his head. I'm not sure, but he, he didn't right. get he didn't die from the fight. So um, so there is that that one detail, but but you're right. We would still be talking about it oh. more and more, and it would be it would be probably uh, overshadowing a lot of the other stories that we are talking about. But I want to um I want to I want to get into a couple of the uh, the fights that we've seen recently because there was um we have some video. Okay. Uh, first, we have a brutal beatdown between the Giants and the Seahawks mm-hmm. fans. So let's watch that one.
2: Yeah. I saw this Charlie and it looks like the concourse, right? And that's where a lot of the beer sales happen and that's where they and you got a two-on-one guy lost some ticklets in this fight here. Uh one of the guys, and again, you see like people coming in and throwing people out there, and them, they're getting right back in it. I mean, these are melees that you're seeing. And, and again, I get it, Giants. You're, you you suck. Your team's awful. And you want to beat up the Seahawk fan because they beat you up. Like, my goodness. I don't know what's being said to to have these things escalate, but two-on-one is never cool. If you want to go one-on-one, okay, maybe I can see that, but let's just not do it where other people are involved or could be involved when they don't want to be in a fight. You really want to do that? Settle it yourself one-on-one.
0: Yeah, and you know what? I don't really think that this is something – I said before, I think the worst penalty as a fan would be not to – get in trouble criminally, you know, you get into a fight. I think the worst thing as a fan is to have the threat of if you get into a fight in the stadium, you are no longer welcome back into the stadium. See that, that to me feels like a much bigger threat for a sports fan because a lot of people are like, Oh, who, who cares? I get thrown in the drunk tank for a few hours. It was worth it. Like I was feeling it in the moment, you know, that doesn't really feel like such a, a deep repercussion, but to say, Hey, you can't come back. I mean, that is, Probably the worst thing that could possibly happen to you. So uh, I don't know that there's anything other than, you know, making having the stadium give them more um, discretion as as to what happens when you get into a fight. But I don't necessarily see BC. I don't necessarily see this as something each team would individually address. Like, I just don't find the teams responsible for what's happening.
2: Here's what I would do though, Charlie, if you and I were billionaire owners of a football team, but by the way, I'm, I, I'm available. Somebody wants to give me a, franchise. well, I played the Powerball
0: the other night. I didn't win. Did so win? Ah. It, it's over a billion now we're at like 1.4 billion. So, um,
2: you know, I'll, I'll pony up, uh, maybe point something if you've got the 1.4, but Charlie, if we were owners, I think we would feel some responsibility. Like This is my stadium. These are my fans or our fans. And I want to make sure that they feel safe. Here's an idea. When everybody pulls out their phone to record, OK, like having because normally, again, these things escalate. They normally take time. They said the fight between the Patriots and the Dolphins fans was over the entire game. So instead of recording the fight, let's say there's a text number that you could silently text to in in stadium security. And then they come over to the section. Oh. Right. That's my idea. That's the only thing I could think of, of like, OK, then security shows up and they're like, hey, what's going on here? Maybe they can stop it before it really escalates. Like the, the two women in a, in uh, Los Angeles, that was going on for the whole game. So before yeah. the punches are thrown, just somebody, when you whip out your phone and record it, just go text, hey, and then security shows up, boom, what's going on? And man, why don't you just sit down? And then you sit down and we'll just kind of curb this whole thing. Instead, we get catfight for everybody to see on uh, on social media.
0: Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, okay, well, let's move on to our final subject. Um, I just want to get your quick reaction on it. Uh, the Sphere in Las Vegas is—is uh, is, it's here? The Sphere. Oh, is it's here. here.
2: Have you gone? Have you gone yet, Charlie? No, I no, mean, no, no, no I fan. haven't
0: gone yet. Because um, I just got here yesterday or last night. But um, I have some friends who have been in there. I've seen video from the YouTube concert, mm-hmm. and um, it looks pretty sick. You haven't been yet, right?
2: I've not been inside. But everybody that comes to see me or comes to Vegas and then they say, hey, I'm in town for the weekend. I had friends uh, staying at the wind this week. And so I went over there. You know what they were doing? You two at the Sphere. Everybody's going. So I found a little back channel to a different hotel that you can get up and get a really good view without all the traffic that's now coming with the Sphere. And it's it's incredible. And you see all the different designs and you see the, the basketball for the NBA. is Maybe you get a pirate. Maybe you just get the moon or you get an eye. And Mm -hmm. it really is fascinating. Think of this in a glitz and glamor town like Vegas to get something that kind of universally and for locals here in Vegas. And I guess I'm a local being here two years. They go, this is really cool. That doesn't happen very often because everything is over the top in Vegas. And yet the sphere, everybody seems to love it.
0: Uh, Yeah, the sphere is pretty cool. $2.3 billion to build. If you want to advertise on it, it's $450,000 a day. So I don't know if you have that kind of cash, but if you want to put your face on the sphere, uh, I will we'll do it for your show. So, because I feel like that would be, the
2: with Charlie, your face on the sphere,
0: my face on the sphere. Someone out there, please, four fifty thousand dollars, just cough it up. Uh, it's worth it. Uh, you'll get to see me, uh, light it up. Uh, I, aliens would be able to see I, my face, which I don't, I feel like aliens will want to see my face. So,
2: um, Charlie, very quickly, the, the acoustics sound great, but Bono's not belting it out like he used to, like. Uh, With or without you, I could have done without some of that. He's not hitting the high notes.
0: Well, you know, hopefully we, uh, I know that Darren Aronofsky's premiering a movie in the sphere tonight, so um, he's one of my favorite uh, directors. So uh, lots of cool things happening in the sphere, lots of cool things happening in Vegas. Dave, thank you so much for being here. Uh, I appreciate you. I know that this is, you know, more of your time zone, but you still woke up a little bit early to be here, so thank you.
2: No problem at all, Charlie. Enjoy Vegas. I'll be watching you tomorrow night, by the way.
0: Perfect. Thank you. Okay, everyone. Uh that is all the time that we have. We actually had a lot of other stuff, but you know, we just got carried away. There was a couple big uh talkers on today's show. So we are going to save some of that content for next week. But I want to remind all of you before we go uh that YouTube live will be no longer as of Monday. So if you are one of the people that watch live on YouTube, instead you're going to go watch either from outkick.com. You can still stream on Twitter. Uh, but if you want to get the content after the show airs, you can still go to youtube.com outkick and you'll just go to the video tab instead. So uh, a few changes, make sure that you ingrain that in your mind so you don't miss anything. Uh, but on that note, everyone. Oh, oh my look at there. I am on the banner. I have Guys, this is the first time I've seen my face on this banner. This is huge. Big news. Major developments happening on the Outkick YouTube site. I'm very happy to see that. Fantastic. Um, But okay, everyone, that is it. I think for right now, it is only, let's see, what time is it here? It's 5.45 my time. So I think I might try to go get a little quick nap in. And then I've got to get up again. And I got to go head over to the UFC Apex to do the uh, interviews after the weigh-ins. And then tomorrow's fight night. So everyone, I hope you'll check it out. Um, I think it's airing, uh, it's either ESPN or ESPN Plus, but I'll be doing all the reporting. So come check me out and uh, thank you for being here. Don't forget to hit the subscribe button, like, comment, find me on social media at Charlie on TV. And everybody, good night, good morning, wherever you are. I hope you have a fantastic day. And I will see all of you, well, maybe tomorrow night, but otherwise I will definitely see all of you on Monday.
2: Hey, looking for the hottest sportsbook offers at OutKick? Find exclusive promotion, expert bets, latest odds. Get in the game at OutKick.com backslash bets.